0: Welcome to New Piney Grove Baptist Church, where one of our core values is Christian education. Let's tune in to this week's message. defined as something, typically money, that is old or due. For instance, if you look at our national debt as a country, for those of you all to keep up with sort of things like that, our national debt is over $22 trillion. That's a lot of zeros. And that's a lot of money. That is a ton of debt. I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but we owed a ton of debt but this wasn't a monetary debt. The debt that we owe was because of sin. But aren't you glad this one that we serve a God that not only owns the cattle on a thousand heads? Aren't you glad that the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof? Aren't you glad that before the beginning began that God had a plan in place for the decision that you will make or that you did make? aren't you glad that God had a plan and he had a plan to release us of this sin debt his plan was his only son Jesus Christ sent to die a horrific death so that we may live I don't know the plan that the U.S. has to get us out of debt but I know that God had a plan and his plan was to set us free from the bondage of sin Thank you, Jesus. He relieved us of our sin debt. Not monetary debt, but sin debt. (laughs) And we talk about debt relief this morning. If you turn on your television or if you're on YouTube or Facebook, you may see an ad or a commercial that deals with debt relief. These commercials make a promise to consolidate your debt. So eventually you will be debt free. But as I was doing some research, sometimes you end up paying more than what you originally owed. Aren't you glad it wasn't any small print when Jesus died on the cross Amen. for our sin? I have direct TV and I love pausing my TV at the end of commercials just so I can read the small print. The term debt relief deals with partial or remission of debt. Or what is old. For example, if you had a credit card this from, for my young people, this is going to be a finance class you make a purchase and charge $200 to that card your debt is $200 plus interest a loan is a debt a title pawn is a debt a student loan is a debt purchasing or financing a car is a debt. Yeah. See, debt becomes a problem when you can't pay that debt back. Right. If you charge something, you get the item, but essentially you have not purchased it until it has been paid for. Right. See, some, some items, let's say a vehicle, you have to make monthly payments. If you miss some of those payments, they may come and repossess. That means they take back possession. See, sin had us messed up for a long time. I'm sorry, for a long time I engaged in inappropriate activities. That wouldn't allow me to have a covenant relationship with Jesus Christ. But in spite of all of my mess, Christ came in and repossessed me. Aren't you glad that even though that you messed up, that you missed some payments? I'm sorry you missed some Sundays. Even though you missed a lot of Sundays, aren't you glad for the repossessions? Party to three in the morning. Aren't you glad for the repossessions? Did drugs, chase the ladies, curse folks out. Aren't you glad for the repossession? Some may ask, this you Sunday. Why are you talking about drugs and alcohol and chasing women? Etc. etc. cetera. Et cetera, et cetera. Well, the purpose is that these young people stay in a relationship with Christ. So they don't have to be repossessed. Yeah. See, if you paid your bills on time, you won't have to worry about the bills collector's calling. If you stay in a G, if you stay in a relationship, a covenant relationship with Jesus Christ, you don't have to worry about your wife going through your phone. Kids shouldn't have to worry about hiding their phone when their parents walk in the room. What you got that door closed for? Your conversation will change. Some of y'all still cursing. Some of y'all still sexing without the sanctity of marriage. See, some of us got into debt that we shouldn't have gotten into. We made some purchases. You bought some tennis shoes, you bought some Jordans, you bought some Timberlands, you bought some purses, you bought some polo shirts. Yes, See, the problem comes in when you can't pay for the idol. Some of you are got in the debt of a bad relationship. You got in the debt of uh, of an adulterous relationship. You got in the debt of anger and hatred. Some of y'all even dibble and dabble in witchcraft just to get a man. I don't know about your debt situation, but there is debt relief in the form of Jesus Christ, the righteous. Let's get to the text. As we look at our text, we firstly find some stuff. Verse 1 of Hebrews chapter 12, the part A of the verse tells us, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. For many of us that have received collection calls from debt collectors, in my case, the majority of my debt, was because of the decision that I made. I spent money on shirts and Jordans. I had a pocket full of money, but I decided to charge that Cologne purchase. I had money in my pocket, but I wanted to press my date that I had an American Express credit card. But see, the problem came at the end of the month when all those clothes and dinners and etc. the stuff I purchased, when I get the bill for it, but now I'm broke. So now I got Capital One calling me, where is my money? But what had happened was, I spent your money in the strip club. I spent your money gambling, playing cards. I spent your money whining and dining. This is a side note about credit card debt. Let's say you have a credit limit and your limit is $500. Capital One will charge you an over-the-limit fee if you go $501. And then if you are past due, they charge you a late fee. So I done got charged double for my trouble. I was over my limit and I was past due. See, I collected stuff for many years. But the scripture tell us that we got to strip off some stuff. See, I bought a lot of stuff. But there was some stuff in my life that I didn't have to pay for. The stuff that I was dealing with, it didn't have a price. Depression. I had that stuff. Felt unworthy. I had that stuff. Sexual immorality. I had that stuff. Pornography. I had that stuff. Alcohol abuse. I had that stuff. Michelin, Budweiser, Coke 45, Crown Royale, Gin and Juice, Paul Masson, Wild Turkey, Hennessy, Smirnoff. That's a lot of stuff. I indulge in cannabis. I'm sorry, I did drugs. I smoked that stuff. Why are you telling your business? See, stuff will mess you up, young people. Stuff will get you in trouble. Stuff will cloud your judgment. You will say stuff that you normally wouldn't say when you own stuff. You will do stuff you normally wouldn't do when you own that stuff. You will go places you normally wouldn't go when you own that stuff. Stuff will weigh you down. The, uh, the sound room going to help me out. Thank you, Lord. We got two pictures up here. Look at the pictures. If you was in a track race, who would you want on your team? Both of them. Got on shoes, both of them got on clothes, but only one came ready to race. If you was in a track race, what would you put on? See, some of you are coming to the race in the wrong outfit. You have the potential, you have the talent, you have the gift, but you weighed it down. See, this guy may be faster than the other gentleman, but the stuff he has on is slowing him down. Church family, what do we need to do? We need to shed some stuff off that's slowing us down. Evidently, Paul knew something about the race called life. If we're going to run this race effectively, we have to shed some weight. I know I need to shed some pounds. I know I need to lose some weight. But there's some people in here that needs to share some things that we can't see. Some of y'all need to share some things that we can't see. It is affecting the way that you walk. It is affecting the way that you talk. It is affecting the way that you live. Ask your neighbor, say, neighbor, what has you weighted down? Secondly, we find a long-distance runner. In the part B of the verse 1, it says, And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. Growing up, many of us got excited about the runner uh, Usain Boat. He was breaking record after records in running. He was beating his opponents and it looked effortlessly. He is considered to be the fastest human being on the earth. And I consider myself to be the fastest, second fastest, I'm sorry. But have you ever heard, (laughs) but have you ever heard of a race called the 10,000 meters? This race is over six miles. See, the difference is what Usain Bolt runs. He has a world Olympic record in the 100 meter dash that he ran in 9.54 seconds. The 100 meter dash is only 0.06 miles versus the 10 meter, 10,000 meter dash is over six miles. So in the 10,000 meter race, it it isn't a dash. It is endurance. It is an endurance race. The record is held by a man named Kinesia Bakel, and he ran the 10,000 meter dash in 26 minutes and 17 seconds. So we have two record setting athletes. One just won in seconds, and one won in minutes. See, Bakel didn't train as boat train because his race isn't based on distance. I mean, his race is based on distance and endurance. See, I believe if Boat race Bakel in a 10,000 meter race, Bakel will win because he trained for endurance runs. Boat trains for dashes. Boat may start off fast and get a big lead, but endurance is the key in a 10,000 meter race. See, Bakel will win because of his training. In this race we call life, we have to run with endurance, not giving up too early. It's all about the training. Training starts at home, reading your word, praying, calling out to God. Training starts on Wednesday nights, bringing yourself and your kids to Bible study on Wednesday night. Training starts on Sunday morning at eight thirty in the morning. Training starts gender study on the fourth Sundays. See, this training is important because when situations arise, you will have the stamina to resist temptation. You will have the stamina to resist cursing out your co-worker. You will have the stamina to resist temptation by your peers. You will have the stamina to be different in middle school and in elementary school and in high school. You will have the stamina to speak boldly for Jesus even if co-workers don't like it. Corporate America don't like it. Friends don't like it. Family don't like it. Some in the church might not like it. We must run this race with endurance. You can't give up. You can't give up when you don't get that promotion. You can't give up when that co-worker lying on you. When your best friend talking behind your back. You have to run with endurance. I know you've been. I know you're tired of being talked about. I know you're tired of being lied on. I know you're tired of being cheated on. I know you're tired of feeling like you have been left behind. I know you're sick and tired of being sick and tired. But don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. It is important that Usain, if you think about it, Usain Bolt. Even though he runs fast, he can't keep that record set in pace for a long period of time. He will get burnt out. As we walk this Christian walk, we got to walk it with endurance. So in order to get rid of some debt, we firstly have to get rid of some stuff. Secondly, we have to run this race with endurance. And lastly, we have to stay focused. Verse 2 tells us, We do this. What is this? This is running this race of life with endurance. This is laying aside every weight, especially the sin that so easily entangles us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates our perfect faith. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. We can't run looking behind us. If you are running a race and turn back to look to see what your opponent are doing, you may stumble and fall. My wife told y'all last week not to look back. See, Bo and Bakel have one thing in common. They never look back. Yes, ten years ago you made a mistake, but you can't look back at your past. You have to look forward to the future. And in order to do this, you have to keep your eyes on Jesus. The key to this verse is that keeping your eyes on Jesus. See, if you keep your eyes on Jesus, you can't be looking and lusting after other women. You can't be looking and lusting after other men. If you keep your eyes on Jesus, you won't be up at 3 o'clock in the morning looking at inappropriate material if you keep your eyes on jesus when your neighbor cut your internet cord you won't look back to the old way you used to handle situations keeping your eyes on jesus will keep you from destroying relationships it will keep you from being disobedient see the problem in our lives arises when we take our when we take our eyes off Jesus see it is similar to texting and driving some of us feel like we can send a quick text message or read a quick text message while driving Mm. I'm guilty (laughs) but the state of Georgia say that it's against the law matter of fact we hands free now Mm -hmm. not even holding the phone while talking (laughs) I saw an article that a New Jersey woman is looking at 10 years in jail or prison for texting and driving. She ended up, rear are someone at a crosswalk. And that person hit a pedestrian that later on passed away. She took her eyes off the road for a split second. And it caused an accident. Don't take your eyes off of Jesus. Not even for a split second. Young people, keep your eyes on Jesus. Older young people, keep your eyes on Jesus. Adult young people, keep your eyes on Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. Keep your eyes on Jesus and not that married man or woman. Sorry about that. I know, it's, I know it's you, son. I'm sorry. Young people, keep your eyes on Jesus and start talking back to your parents. Young people, keep your eyes on Jesus, not trying to figure out a way to sneak out the house when your mama is sleeping. Young people, keep your eyes on Jesus and stop trying to be the most popular. The verse goes on to say that Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Jesus is the champion. The word champion can define as a person who has defeated or surpassed all rivals in a competition, especially in a sport. But this morning, we're not talking about sports. We're not talking about the, the national champion, Clemson Tigers. We're not talking about the Golden State Warriors or the Washington Nationals. Yes, they are champions in their respective leagues, whether it's football, basketball, or baseball. Yes, they defeated their opponent. But for teaching purposes, we are talking about the win that took place over 2,000 years ago. This win took place. The win that took place, it was not televised. This win that took place didn't have an audience cheering. You couldn't purchase a ticket to see this victory. Matter of fact, many would look at this champion as losing the fight. See, Jesus won a fight with the eyes stacked up against him. If Jesus won with the eyes stacked up and the eye wasn't in his favor, we would win when the eyes aren't stacked up in our favor. But Jesus led a sinless life. So the treatment that he got, he did not deserve. He was bruised and beaten for our transgressions. He was wounded for our iniquities. But by by his stripes, we are healed. We are healed from disease. We are healed from depression. We are healed from talking back to our parents. We are healed from skipping school. We are healed from losing our minds. Jesus who surpassed our rivals on that old rugged cross. The The scripture tells that later in the later part of that verse because of the joy awaiting him he endured the cross disregarding the shame now he is at the right hand yeah. of oh God if that isn't a champion I don't know what is Michael Jordan see Michael Jordan didn't die for me yeah. My, Magic Johnson didn't die for me Steph Curry is good but he didn't die for me Jesus died Jesus is a champion he defeated counsel he defeated low self worth he defeated low self esteem he defeated homosexuality he defeated sexual immorality. He defeated hatred. He defeated anger. Matter of fact, he defeated death, hell, and the grave. He relieved our death. I don't know about you, but my sin debt was stacked to the ceiling. I had a lot of stuff. But Jesus walked in into Wells Fargo. I'm sorry. Jesus walked up to a place called Calvary carrying an old rugged cross. Many were saying, is this your king? Is this your champion? Yes, this is. They nailed him to an old cur- uh, old rugged cross. He was bruised and he was wounded. He was spat on. He was beaten. It hurt him even to breathe. But he had somebody on his mind. He knew that I would need a savior. He knew that we would need a savior. He knew that the whole world would need a savior. He was running a race with endurance. And then, and then the scripture stated that if we keep our eyes on Jesus. I can only imagine that when Jesus was carrying that cross, that He had Big Lee on His mind, that He had Kaylee on His mind, that He had Little Jazzy on His mind, that He had Mari on His mind. Matter of fact, He had every one of us on His mind. Our sin that was stacked high to the ceiling, in order for our debt to dead, be relieved, there had to be a sacrifice, and Jesus became that ultimate sacrifice. And the Bible says that after He breathed His last breath, He said that it is finished. Debt paid in full. Aren't you glad that our sin debt has been paid in full? Aren't you glad that his death was sufficient? Aren't you glad that you didn't have to pay it? I'm glad this morning that you stand to your feet. Sin debt paid in full. Thank you, Lord. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise for being our... Dead Reliever Thanks for listening We pray that you have been blessed by the message Visit us on the web At npgbc.org For contact information Service times Or directions to our place of worship